Welcome to Adventures in Contracting. I am Leona Charles, CEO and founder of SPC Business Consulting, LLC, where we do all things government contracts. Hi, everyone. I'm Vivica Brooks, and I'm the founder and president of the Brooks Group, LLC, where we help people reach their fullest potential with um, the world of work, workforce development professional trainers. So before we get started, just a couple of things. Here's how you can find us. You can hear our episodes on SoundCloud at Adventures in Contracting or on our website at spcconsulting.org. You can follow us, send messages, comments, or topic requests on any of our social media accounts. Uh, the ones that we are looking at the most are, twi are on Twitter, where we're at contracting underscore in. Facebook, LinkedIn, and Pinterest are Adventures in Contracting. So let's get started. So today I wanted to kind of talk about some of the things that I have encountered with small businesses wanting to get into the government contracting space, because it seems really nice and really exciting, right? You're like, Ooh, government contracts. And they're all like million dollars. And, you know, I look very legit and everything is great. And I, I want to do that. Um, and in theory, it sounds great, but I think in practical application, it probably is not. So, I, I, I kind of wanted to tell you a story about some of the things that I've seen. Um, some of the clients, some have been, some have not, they're just anecdotal. But what I generally see with small businesses is I will see uh, a small business just kind of take somebody out of a random position, right? And say, hey, you, yeah, you're great. You're going to be our contracts person. So this person will have like zero experience will, or very little experience with government contracts, don't have any experience with the regulations, uh, has maybe marginal experience building teams and, and managing them. Um, and this is the person that is now is in charge of their, their GovCon program. And the person, poor person, always feels like they've been, you know, just shot by a firing squad because it's being literally thrown in the deep end yeah. and saying, okay, keep us afloat. Right. Because these, these small companies, you know, they may have a few contracts and they depend on these contracts to keep the company running. So this person is new at this whole area, but then has this awesome responsibility because if these contracts fail, this person, they're going to look at this person and go, what happened? You know, <laughs> so um what I've encountered and what I want to talk about today is kind of what what can we give small businesses that they can take away to use to keep them afloat? What I've noticed is that people think um, government contracts can be an additional duty. They think that it's something that you can hand to um, your team leader or your uh, marketing person or your accounts person just kind of like on the side on top of everything else they do. And what they come to find out is that it's actually a full-time job in and of itself. So let me ask you real quickly, Leona. So with that being said, what do you think small businesses first need to recognize about government contracting? And then how do you think they could, you know, one or two things they could implement to get their, I hate to say, you know, if you have to like, make a government contracting office, but one or two things they could do as a small business that would allow them to really make sure that they're meeting all those regulations. 
So I love your question. And I'm, I'm going to say that that's probably the best suggestion that I've heard in a long time, which is the government contracting office because mm. you're a PMP, right? So you know that there's a whole life cycle mm. to building projects, right? And one of those is, yeah, create either a dedicated team or create a program office for it because it's going to be that level. And I think, um, and I hope you will appreciate this too, but it, it is a project, right? And if we define project by a definite start and a definite mm-hmm. end, right? Yeah. That is, that is that solicitation period. And that's that period of performance for the contract. It is textbook definition of project, right? So what you should be doing is building your GovCon program around particular opportunities. And if you think about that, the typical, especially if you're, if you're a federal contractor, right? The typical uh, time period is five years at a minimum. And that's how you should be building out. So you can't take somebody who has um, who has full-time HR duties and throw them onto leading the GovCon contract because that's that's not going to work, right? And there are all these different areas. You've got accounting, you've got uh, staffing, you've got program management, you've got compliance. Those are four jobs in the one job of the usually the the project leader. Um, that you're going to try to task as an additional duty. And then there's the pre-award cycle of it, which is the business development, the sourcing opportunities, the writing proposals. That's not an additional duty. But a lot of small businesses say, hey, you're a marketing person. Mm -hmm. You develop all our proposals for our commercial clients, which I mean, maybe are like, I don't know, 10 pages at the most that kind of really deal in detailed quotes for what they're looking for. That's not the government, right? The government wants you to send them a 30 page document of everything, of every single question they think is important, not what you think is important. So that's a whole different writing curve and learning curve. And it's gotta be eight and a half by 11 single spaced in times new Roman, you know, not on any of your letterhead and all of this other stuff. Um, and you know, there, there are, totally different ways to do proposals. Everyone does it differently. I work with some partners that like to front load all of the compliance stuff, the way that they, um, they, they uh, submit things. So they go right to the submission section and say, okay, it's gotta be single space, no bigger than 12 font. And they lay everything out that way. And then they back into the technical part. I operate on the opposite. I like to get the technical part and all the technical pieces in place first because I feel like the um, the compliance part in the submission is the is the final piece. And if you write it correctly, everything should be done and you give yourself a week to do that compliance piece because you don't catch everything in the front and you don't catch it in the end because you've seen it so many times. So you need to give your eyes a rest to be able to look at it and also to have other people who are actually not on your gov team look at it and go, I don't understand this. This doesn't make sense. Yeah, I think that's really important. Absolutely. And so I hear you saying not only are you have to think of it as far as who, what personnel requirements do you need to put in place? So whether that's 
not necessarily making someone have duality in their role, but really having dedicated person. And as a small business, you know, completely understand, you know, you're like you said, we're juggling 50 million hats. We don't have, you know, 300 staff people behind us. So, you know, it's really about, I think, as a small business owner, thinking about what's the priority. So can you take this person off of this project for two months to, you know, dedicate to working on this? Because the other part of what I heard when you were talking about is the cycle of it, right? And you were just talking about the pre-award cycle, but even just within the pre-award, there's so many different facets that lay into that. And then having that time to make sure you have time for review and, you know, pulling together different documents, things of that nature. So I think that's really good advice that people have to really first kind of think about, you know, before you dip into the toe, asking yourself those questions. Do I pull some, one, do we have the, the manpower to do this? And this could be not necessarily bringing someone on, but can we shift someone's priority for a designated amount of time? Because that could be an option a small business could do, I think, too. Right. And so so this is a perfect point, right? How do you do this? Because I think we all go to these um, functions and we, I mean, now they're virtual, but before we would all go to these networking functions where they would talk about, you got to have teams, you got to focus, you got to put it together. And you're like, that's great. But what does that mean? Like, how do I do? I've got five people, right? What does that mean? So what that means is you take those five people, right? And we're looking at resource allocation. We're looking at, okay, we're going to rack and stack our opportunities, right? Which ones have the most likelihood of success? Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that we're going to drill down on. We look at them and we know that we're not going to go after the ones that have just been published um, with a 30-day response unless right. that is absolutely something that we do. Like that is absolutely our core yeah. and we could do that in our sleep. Those are the only ones that we're going after in 30 days, right? Everything else, if we respond within 30 days, it's usually uh, to get our foot into the door, uh -huh. right? Or it's to build a relationship with a customer to give us a reason to talk to them. Hey, yeah. you know, we submitted this. It, it didn't win. Can we talk to you about what we, you know, what we did wrong and start building a relationship from there, right? So, what I see a lot of is a lot of scrambling at the last minute. Um, yeah. And that's just kind of, I think this is kind of a function of the way small businesses run, right? A lot of us are in that kind of chaos factor. You know, that's just how we live. That's yeah. where we're comfortable. Um, but the key, I think, to growing in GovCon, and particularly GovCon space, is getting out of that chaos, right? Um, I have a friend who is a therapist who who is wonderful, but she, you know, whenever we talk about things, um, we talk about, you know, our backgrounds and, and she, she always says to me, you know, there are things that you have to, you have to realize, Leona, like, you know, there are certain periods of your life where things are difficult. And in that moment, mm -hmm. you were in a survival mode, right? Mm -hmm. When you find things being difficult, it's because you don't have to survive anymore. Now you've got to live. And those are two different tool sets that you use. Yeah. And I think that translates perfectly to a small business, right? Because when you're a startup, you're surviving. You're doing everything just to not fold, right? You're like, okay, I mean, this is maybe $1,000, but I can pay the rent and I can pay, you know, our IT bill with this. So I'm going to do this, right? And it's just pure survival. But by the time you get to the GovCon space, you need to be in, in the live portion of it, right? You can't 
you can't be in that that survival and i know there's all of these great stories about um govcons that have they're down to their last dollar and they started you know and they landed the big contract right and then and now they're successful and those are great stories they're super super inspirational but they are the exception (laughs) they're not the model that govcon is built on like at all so when people kind of say you can do this yeah you can do this i i need people to understand these are people that are trying to sell you a service and of course they're going to tell you yes you can do this but as a small business what you really need to ask is how can i sustain this right okay yeah that is the big so i want people to to particularly my fellow small business owners who i feel like are my tribe i want them to stop thinking about what you can get right now and start focusing on where you want to be in five years. You know, is this an intentional step to get you to that place in five years? Mm -hmm. You know, my, so my youngest daughter turns 13 next month. Right. And so we're looking at everybody else is out of the house and and is a bona fide grown up. And so we were having this conversation and I was like, you know, it's just you and me kids. So what, you know, what are we going to do? And she, and we were tossing out around ideas and she was like, Ooh, did you ever want to go back overseas? And I was like, ah, absolutely. So my five-year goal is by the time she's out of high school, because I don't want to have to worry about transitioning her to another school while she's in school, Mm -hmm. um, is to kind of transition to a point where life is a little easier and look at leaving the country, right? And, And moving somewhere else. So everything that I'm doing now, is that setting me up for that? Yeah. And I think small businesses need that too, because we don't get a lot of that. We get a lot of, you're not making any money right now. You know, you need to get people to do this. You need to get people to do that. And there's not a lot of, well, where where do you see yourself in five years? You know, what do you see yourself doing? There's not a lot of that. So I'm thinking that if we can just find a place where we could get them to no more do the emergency. Oh, I got a proposal due in two weeks. I'm yeah. going to pull all the marketing people to yeah. do this real quick. You know, just to get them to a planning stage, I think, which is like kryptonite to businesses, to small mm-hmm. business, right? Because yeah. we're like planning. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I think, um, so I hear, like, I hear the, the personnel piece really has to be in there. The other major point, you know, the takeaway that I'm getting from it is what's the outcome? that you see and not the short-term outcome, but the long range outcome. And then looking and keeping that as like your, you know, beacon on the hill and what do I need to do to reach that beacon on the hill kind of point. And so, and I think with that, you know, those are, goes back to asking yourself those questions, you know, what is it that I want first identifying it? And then I think, Two, it's about what is it that I need to put in place to have this happen. So, you know, being very clear about what it is that you want. And like you said, getting out of that survival mode and more into the living mode. And I do think it's, um, it can be very, it's a growth process. So, of course, it's going to be that push, pull, push, pull. And so, but I think just taking a moment to either ask yourself those questions or have someone ask you those questions can really help you start to reflect and make you think about things you didn't think about prior. 
that's true. So what I think from your perspective, as someone who has less access, what what is the one thing that you really, really wanted to know? Like about government contracting or wanted to know about what? What do you mean? Well, about government contracting, when you started, what was the one thing that you like really, really wanted to know that was the, like you felt like would have been the golden ticket? I think for myself, I think for me, what I really wanted to know would be just how the process works, right? Or how the game is played. (laughs) And I think knowing that early on in the front, I think is important. I also think it's important to have realistic expectations. Um, I also think it's important to, you know, to have that long range goal like you thought about and not just be like, hamster on the wheel i mean i think hamster i mean yeah i mean i i mean i think to be an entrepreneur you've got to have that hamster on the wheel mentality you have to be you know everybody's like you're so risky Vivica. yes i am so so i think that's a good thing but now we've got to like harness it right it's like a superhero just run amok <laughs> so that's who we are as small businesses we're superheroes but we've got to be like okay and how do i use my power You know, I always tell my students, like, how are we going to use our power for good? Because each of us has it. It's first identifying what it is, what is the purpose of it, and then what's the best way for me to use it? And I think that's that piece that goes into, okay, here's our organization. We want to get into this GovCon space. That's our short-term goal, our long-term goal. You know, five years, we want to, you know, have two contracts with, Department of Defense. So what are the steps we need to be putting in place that's going to allow us to do that? I think it helps you give, it gives you enough, you know, where you're always like, this is what I'm working towards. But then you can also see the benchmarks that go into it through the planning and the small accomplishments that you make throughout. Cool. Okay. So here's what I'm hearing. So I'm hearing you, you, for me, you've got to have a dedicated setup and you've got to have an identified long-term goal, right? And from you, I'm hearing that, you know, you, you've got to know what you're driving towards. Mm-hmm. And so I think these are really important points because I think that nobody talks to small businesses enough about these. Well, we don't talk to each other about it either. Oh. See, that's where I think that... Um, because we're, it's so, you know, we just live in this competitive type of world. And I think that we don't talk to each other enough about it either. I mean, think about when you go to these like pre-proposal conferences or whatever, you know, these different things. So everyone's there just trying to get this like one contract, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's not really about like, how do we team and pool our resources together? So inherently the system is built that way right right definitely not going to because i think when you're sharing some sharing with someone your you know hopes dreams goals right you're always wanting that to land on a receptive ear you're wanting that to you know i love dr phil soft place to land right so you're not (laughs) gonna go and be like oh we're both going for the contract well my five-year goal is (laughs) 
and woo-woo it up, right? So I think that we just have to think about it differently too. And that's why I think that people really have to know self. You really have to be like, okay, this is what I want to do. This is my superpower. This is my purpose. And this is what I'm trying to achieve. And trust me, I, it has changed for me throughout these 10 years. It has, it's been like, yay. And then it's been like, oh Lord, you know? So, I mean, it's, <laughs> I go through my hills and valleys and, but I do, you know, try to, you know, like just how we met and just being able to be that soundboard or being able to have that kind of thing within the small business realm, I think is part of something that you have to put into place. So we work on building these relationships with contracting officers and people who are within the government, but do you make it within other small businesses? Because and, and I think like, you know, like how you have like mom groups and stuff like that. Well, you could have like small business groups and, and people are doing them. I mean, I see them and see people doing that. And so I think that's great. And like use that as like another layer of support that you have for your business. Right. Okay. So I, I love that because I think we talk a lot about what you should be doing as a small business, but I don't think we talk enough about what we should be doing as a small business community. Mm-hmm. And you're right. The system is very adversarial. You know, we are capital, we're a capitalistic market and everybody is just trying to get their piece of that pie. And, and I don't really care about the other guy because I, I just want to eat myself. Right. Which is totally contradictory to how you can be a success as a small business in GovCon space, because in the GovCon space, it is very rare that one small business is going to be able to do everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have to have partners. You're going to have to have a supply chain. You need all of these relationships. And I think this kind of propensity to, to do it on our own, because that's what entrepreneurs do. They're like, fine, if you won't do it, I'll do it myself. You know, I'll figure out a way to do it. I'll make it happen. We take that almost to the nth degree as a small business where we're like, we'll just do it ourselves. Or we will latch on to that one partner and never, ever, ever date anyone else. And that when that relationship inevitably evolves or changes or outgrows each other, then we're left having to start all, all over again, mm-hmm. um, not realizing all of the, the people that we alienated because we thought that they weren't good enough for us to date in the beginning. Right. Yeah. Like so it's, 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 it's just an interesting and so, it's such a, such an interesting space to kind of watch people grow and evolve as small businesses and kind of watch how, you know, the very things that we say we just dislike in, in large businesses, once we hit a particular stride, we just emulate those things. And, you know, we start saying, oh, you can't do anything for me. I don't want to meet with you. No, I don't have time to meet with you. Oh, this person, they don't know what they want to do. They're just wasting my time. Like all of these things that we complained about when we were still formulating our ideals and trying to figure out where we wanted to go we knew we had something good. We knew we had, you know, specific skill sets. We just weren't quite sure where it fit in. We start doing those things to other small businesses and creating a trench to say, well, they can't get over that until, unless they have this, they can't come in my office and sit down and and not waste my time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we met, we weren't looking to form a partnership. We were just kind of bonding over the bad information we were, (laughs) we were getting. Right. 
and I and, and I think this has been, you know, such a successful partnership with us, you know, putting in many bids and doing work together. And, you know, if I had vetted you, and even though I am still a strong proponent of vetting your partners, I think that that vetting doesn't need to meet a level of exclusivity, right? It just needs mm-hmm. to just verify that they can do what they said they do. And they, they're bringing to the table what they say they're bringing to the table. And that really should be it. It shouldn't be about excluding people. It shouldn't be about, no, they're not as good as my other partner. It's, it's about learning how to be the type of person or the type of company that will allow you to do the things that you need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's interesting though. It's interesting. But I know I see that we are coming up on our uh, on our time. So I wanted to get from you. What is your takeaway? So that's yeah, my takeaway. Definitely. When we're talking about, okay, I'm you know, you're wanting to get into the government space and just thinking about what is it that you have now and where is it that you're looking to go? So and it doesn't have to be, you know, these huge, massive changes that you're making so if it is that you necessarily couldn't hire someone for this just think about okay could I just switch this person's role for this amount of time because you know like we said a pro- it has a start date and an end date this too shall pass as I always remind myself so this will end and so you know get yourself a designated time and can this person or persons work on this so my takeaway is is just be open to the process, right? Mm-hmm. Stop trying to control it, which is a huge problem with me, right? So I always want to have everything set and controlled out. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so uh, my big takeaway is just let the process happen, you know, and and make those natural transitions and stop being stuck in the place that you started. That's my takeaway. All right. So thank you guys for listening to us chat about our our GovCon struggles. Uh, We will see you next time. Bye, everyone.